sake. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of this special FFS Euro 2020 tournament or series, if you want to call it. I know it from from a really great high. I kind of fell down towards the end because I didn't know what I was going to say. But anyway, here we are. This is the second match that we are covering, and boy, what a match it is! It's the rematch of the 2018 World Cup semi-final. It is England versus Croatia. It's the one that we'll all be waiting for because we're going to see whether England can actually stand up to some of the big teams and can challenge for this World Cup, uh, for this Euro uh, tournament, for this Euro Cup. But I think secretly we all know that it's going to be a tough challenge. But anyway, enough about that. To those of you who didn't listen to the first episode where we reviewed Italy versus Turkey, or actually Turkey versus Italy, the format is such. On this audio podcast, you'll be listening to the pre-match build-up, the halftime review, and the post-match review with, with our guests on this particular podcast. Whereas on the YouTube channel, so for the YouTube video part, you'll only be watching our reactions to the first half and the second half. So if you're listening to this audio podcast, we are going to first talk about this pre-match build-up of sorts between England and Croatia. We're going to be talking about lineups, atmosphere, excitement, whatever you want to call it. I'm kind of freaking out. I'm kind of excited as well because this is such a huge game. And no matter which team we support, I think everyone's got a slight soft spot for England just because of the players that we kind of watch week in, week out. So enough about me and enough from me. Let's move on to our guests. And for this particular match, We've got two guests on the podcast. We've got Arjun and Anirudh, both of whom have been on the podcast before. But I'll ask them again, once again, to give a brief introduction. So let's start with Anirudh. Anirudh, welcome back onto the podcast. And why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, everybody. Anirudh here. I hope everyone's safe. I am an, uh, I'd say an avid football fan who watches a Premier League with the intention of wanting Liverpool to win. But I watch all other sorts of football very, very neutrally, just hoping for the best game that's possible. With that, I my thoughts and my prayers are with Christian Eriksen, and I hope he's fine. I hope his family is fine. And uh, yeah, let's get on with this. This is going to be a crunch of a match, and I'm really, really excited for England versus Croatia. Yeah, exactly. Especially once I saw the fixture list and I saw this as the first game, I was like, what a way to start for England. And uh, you're here representing the neutral in us. Uh, the England fanboys in us, we even for me, like I'm an avid Spain supporter, but you just cannot not watch England national team play because th- those are the players that we kind of watch week in, week out with our clubs and you know these players inside out. You just can't wait. And it's obviously fun when things don't work out for them because that's when every, the whole chaos happens. But when things work out as well, I mean, it's it's certainly great. Let's move on next to Arjun. Arjun, welcome back. Once again, to the podcast, I can see you wearing the England jersey and there's no doubting which team you're going to be supporting in this game. But why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Arjun. Uh, I'm an Arsenal and a Croatia supporter. I'm just kidding. I'm an Arsenal and an England supporter. And uh, I've been an England supporter pretty much my whole life and an Arsenal supporter pretty much my whole life. And uh, what else can I say about it? Coming home, obviously, uh, you know, my thoughts and prayer go prayers go to Christian Eriksen and his family and his teammates but hopefully this match goes in our favor uh, I have a feeling we'll win uh, 2-0 3-0 but we'll get to that definitely yeah we'll definitely come to predictions in a bit so 
obviously you're now in the UK. I just wanted to get your thoughts as to what the atmosphere is like because this may not be the World Cup, but this is still probably the second largest international tournament in the world. I know the South Americans will highly debate that, but I just wanted to ask you how the atmosphere is, how excited are you, how excited have you been since you've seen this particular fixture? You know, as uh, Indian fans go, I think the Euro 2020 or the Euro 2021, it seems it's almost the atmosphere is so tangible because obviously in the World Cup uh, in 2018, we had a really good run longer, much further than, you know, realistically, much further than most of us us expected. And uh, we see we have talents uh, this year like Mason Mount and Phil Foden come through. So, you know, we're excited and we're excited to see what happens um, this whole this whole tournament, obviously we have Scotland in our group, we have Croatia in our group, obviously Croatia, we have a little uh, bit of uh, revenge that is overdue, but yeah, I think uh, we're excited overall and yeah, I'm excited what's to come. Brilliant. And Anirudh, from your perspective, how is the atmosphere there? I know you're a neutral fan, but just this particular tournament as well, how excited are you for not only this match, but this entire tournament to happen over the next you know, few weeks? I think very honestly for us uh, Premier League loving uh, people or general general league football loving people, it's amazing that this one month of football is there because with the ongoing pandemic, I think this is the one escape that we have. And considering I'm in, I'm down in Chennai, uh, a lockdown is still there. So for me, yeah. very honestly, this is what is on right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does definitely does come to solace for a lot of people who stuck and stuck, especially in India for now. Hopefully, things get better, and you know, you are allowed to you know, meet with people, and hopefully, that's soon before the tournament gets done. But anyway, let's kind of move on to prediction time. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, so Arjun. Are you going to be brave enough to tell me what you predict in terms of a score line? It's it's a hard <laughs> question, right? Because yeah, I did say two no, three no earlier. Realistically, I think it's going to be a close match. Close match of obviously Croatia have a quality side. Uh, made the World Cup final, in fact, with that side. I hope there, there's a little bit of a fight, honestly. Uh, entertaining match is always what you want. But I think um, the match is going to end uh, 2-1 to us or, or with a very a very close scoreline. And I think one of the youngsters will take it. So Phil Ford, maybe, as well as obviously the main man himself, Harry Kane. Awesome. And Anirudh, why don't you tell me a bit about the prediction and also how do you see this match pan out? As much as as Arjun said, Croatia have an amazing, amazing team. But the thing is, as much as they were the 2018 finalists, I find a lot of them have gotten a little slower. They don't, they're not as pacey as they used to be. They're still a very, very, very uh, destructive team. But don't take them for granted for sure. But I'm looking at a 3-1 scoreline, and I'm not even an England fan. So I'm looking at a 3-1 scoreline. I see Foden on the list, and I see Mount. So I'm thinking Southgate's going for an all-attack and go-for-the-kill sort of mentality. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, let's... I mean, I think we missed out on the team sheet, but let's talk about that because there's obviously been a lot of speculation about or a lot of controversy now after people's... I think the lineup was kind of leaked hours before it actually came out and we heard that Trippier was playing as left back. We heard that they're going to play with two defensive midfielders, that Sterling was going to play a player that probably didn't have his best season at Manchester City. You've seen someone like 
Grealish, Jack Grealish, who's missing out on this, despite proving himself time and time again as one of the most exciting creative players that England have in the friendlies. So it's it's all baffling. Uh, Arjun, I just want to know what your thoughts are from that England side. Did you expect the lineup to be as is? Well, you know, I, knowing Southgate, I think we all expected uh, right back to play left back in Karen Trippier. You know, I think uh, personally, I, I guess I'm okay with anything that Southgate does. Obviously, I, I don't think I would line up like that with Calvin Phillips. I think that was a big one that none of us saw coming. Karen Trippier at left back, I don't see that as a, a good option. Um, I think Stones and Mings, uh, they're, they're, I think that's the best option we have right now as uh, Harry, Harry Maguire is out. And Kyle Walker, I think he's quality. I think he'll do well. I think Calvin Phillips is an interesting choice. I would have gone for Jack Grealish in any part of the park. I don't think he's a center defensive midfielder, but in any part of the park, I think if he if Southgate rotated a little bit, Sterling. I'm not. I'm not particularly impressed with Sterling all that much, considering we have Sancho on the bench. We have, as I said, Jack Grealish on the is, bench. Is Sancho on the bench? I think he's. I don't think he's on the bench. It's, I think they, he's the one who's missing out. I'm not sure why. Uh, I don't know if Southgate's mentioned anything, but from what I see, uh, yeah, I don't think he's... I, I'm not sure. I could be mistaken, though. Oh. I will check that out. But uh, I don't well, think Sancho no, and have... Chilwell are on the bench, which is weird. All right. Yeah, no, I think I think even if we even if uh, Southgate played uh, someone like Luke Shaw, would be more comfortable. I think, I think Luke Shaw's had an incredible season, and I think he deserves to start instead of a right-back. But other than that, I'm comfortable with this team. Uh, Harry Kane, uh, obviously, uh, for Foden. I think I think we have a we have a team that has quality despite some areas that are lacking, and I think we'll we'll pull through. Yeah, definitely. And Anirudh from Croatia. Looking at Croatia's team sheet, of course, being a Liverpool fan, there is no Dejan Lovren, which is maybe a blessing in disguise for Croatia, maybe not. But you do see some of the players that. You know, we've probably been linked to. I think Kaletakar is one of the defenders that we were at one point linked to. We've seen. Of course, the midfield is almost the same. There's no Rakitic, but there's Modric, Brozovic and Kovacic. Kovacic coming off that UCL final as a winner. And of course, up front also, they're attacking with Kramaric, some of the Arabic, who else? Who, I think Perisic, yes. They, all the itches are there, most of them. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on how attacking or how difficult a side Croatia will be for England today. Considering they've gone with this four-five-one, four-five-one, yeah, yeah, it's a four-five-one yeah. sort of formation that they have. Perisic, from where I see it, I think uh, Perisic is still going to be able to cut through the left, even though he's got Walker to kind of beat. And that's kind of where answering Arjun's question, I think Phillips is going to come into help because from where I see it, Walker is going to be pressing down the flank to support Sterling and Phillips is going to cover that area so that he can do that. And that's kind of why I think he's in. Because from where I see it, I think Phillips and Henderson are kind of playing the same role in the team. The only thing is Hendo is a lot more, in terms of the in-game what he's doing, I'm not saying what Hendo brings to the table, that's a very different skill altogether. But this is what I think think they have in plan is that Perisic is trying to rip through the left and Mm -hmm. then do whatever. I'm not too sure of the... Kramaric, is it? What is it? Kramaric. Yeah, Kramaric, yeah. Kramaric. I'm not too yeah. sure of how uh, Kramaric's game is. I've not followed him too much. We all know what Modric and Kovacic can do with the ball. Uh, so, there's no real talking over there. I think, I mean, maybe the 
also another way of looking at it from playing the two defensive midfield and three in the midfield would be to you know load up that midfield because we all know if you let modric you know, and that midfield take possession of the ball and play it out you know you're probably just going to end up losing the game because he's been such an influential player so maybe kind of trying to press them in that part of the midfield and probably try and win the ball not only higher up but you know don't let modric or don't give time to modric because rice we know is such a good you know defender of the ball he can press so off the ball he's pretty good so probably that's one way of looking at it but all in all i think we are in for quite an exciting 90 minutes i mean there's, luckily there's no extra time or penalties in this particular game but yeah i mean if it's anything like the semi final in the 2018 world cup we're in for a roller coaster of a ride because that itself you know england in the summer of 2018 peaked when trippier scored that free kick okay i i think england summers peaked at that point of time and then it just went all downhill but yeah like i remember i was there in 2018 for the world cup there the atmosphere was crazy it's coming home was playing every goddamn day Uh, every match and the fact that they made it to the semi finals was you know it was even crazier and the, i remember on the day of the semi finals like a couple of friends and i we were going to the pub and i think the moment i opened the door trippier scored that free kick and it was pandemonium i dropped my phone i was scared that people would jump on the phone because they were hitting the walls they were going all kinds of berserk and you know that's the kind of atmosphere that i'm guessing would have been there had you know the pandemic not happened and to see at least Wembley have some sort of fans would definitely elevate this game to new heights all right so i guess we've got roughly another 5 to 10 minutes before the start of the first half so to those of you listening to this particular audio podcast the next time you hear our voices will be during the half time where we'll review the first half i guess that's about it for now i'll catch you all later see you All right so welcome now to the halftime review that is the first half done it's England nil Croatia nil it's probably something that we kind of expected but also didn't we thought it would have been a lot more entertaining than it was uh, a few sort of moments there especially the first few 10 minutes or so were definitely eventful we thought it was leading up to a very exciting first half but uh, kind of died down and we've seen teams both of them kind of go on so uh, anirudh and arjun you know what do you guys make of it i i know anirudh went almost mad at the first half <laughs> like first 10 minutes when foden almost scored that so what do you guys make of it i think i just hope england doesn't look back at the chances that they've missed out on i think i found it a little slow from croatia to start with they kind of caught up maybe in the 25th and the 30th odd minute uh, and from then on they were better but i still see the the defensive line for croatia getting outpaced by england's pacey wingers i don't think they have an answer for it yet but let's see how the second half progresses yeah definitely arjun i think it, it was i think that round uh, round of thinking of boxing sorry that that half definitely would have gone to england i think i think croatia yeah as anil uh, said they they caught they caught up uh, i think they started off a little slow England started off with a bang, kind of died down a little towards the end. I liked how England were pressing. I think some, I think the two youngsters, Mount and Foden, were two best players on the pitch. Harry Kane a little quiet. 
Sterling not the best. Uh, Kyle Walker, uh, we were talking about how how he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't playing at his uh, at his peak. But yeah, I think England, if they keep up the intensity, make a few substitutions, and they freshen up during the first half, I think uh, sorry during the halftime break, I think they'll come back strong and they sh- they're going to capitalize on their chances. I know Croatia was slow, but I think England also haven't taken the opportunity to take advantage of that slowness or that tiredness or the way Croatia play because. Croatia, yeah, also have had, you know, sneak peek. Neither teams have actually had a clear-cut opportunity. Foden probably come the closest, but I mean, it's been sort of lackluster. I thought England should have been much more proactive given how Croatia were playing and how their defence, at least the left-hand side of the defence, is very inexperienced, young. But yeah, I think, let's, I mean, what do you guys think will be the halftime talk from Southgate and from uh, Zlatko? I think Southgate, he he'll been telling his players that if they were the better bunch of they were the better bunch in that half, and uh, he probably he's probably telling them to keep up the intensity and to I think utilize the flanks more. Trippier and Walker, I think they could be obviously utilized a bit more. If I were a manager, I would tell them to I would tell the boys to stop playing out from the back and and start you know be ha- having a little more creativity. Uh, in the final third, but obviously in knowing Southgate, he's probably going to say keep playing from the, out from the back. But I, I do hope he uh, brings on players like Jack Grealish, uh, like uh, Rhys James, who are more attacking, who have a more attacking intent who, and who are creative. Uh, and obviously, they would uh, replace players who haven't been playing so well. Yeah, you mentioned about playing from the back and we saw that with Kyle Walker when he tried to what happened. But I think some of the more you know exciting moments came from, at least later on, came from that one long ball behind the defence where there was that handball opportunity and what we would have loved to have seen, or at least I and Anirudh would have loved to see Trent take that or even James Watt-Pross, but we had to settle for Trippier, which to those of you who watched the 2018 World Cup, it would have been probably deja vu and I know Arjun didn't want to see that happen because that would have meant <laughs> that there's some sort of uh, repetition. But Anirudh, lo- looking at Croatia now, how do they get a hold of this? Because clearly, you know, Modric has been sort of nullified there by Callum Phillips and Rice, right? So, you know, how do how does he get a hold of this game and start dictating more from midfield? Croatia, for them, if they get out of this with a draw, it's a big thing for them right now. Very honestly. <laughs> uh, and getting out of Declan Rice and Phillips, it's a tough ask, honestly speaking. I, I suppose he should be feeling blessed that it's not Hendo. But... <laughs> That's a tough ask. I think he's, they're probably going to try and route it uh, through Kovacic or something. They're going to have to try and figure out to get these two players out of the game and not have moderate. So, involved looks very tough, but I don't see them doing anything extra extravagant in the second half as such. The only thing they can do is maybe try and channelize a little more through Kovacic because mm-hmm. it seems like he's moving a little bit more freely from box to box. And yeah, that's what I think. I don't think I don't see them coming out of this winning. Maybe a draw if they, no one scores, or if England doesn't score rather. Uh, yeah. But uh, they're just going to have to play on the counter. That's their best option right now. I mean, they they can't kind of probably would have to attack England's defense, right? Because I mean, that's that's the only way. And looking especially probably at Mings, maybe with the inexperience there. Uh, maybe Trippier, given that he's playing on the opposite end of the field, possibly look to do something like that. It's a possibility, but the thing about doing that is that you're playing against a extremely 
pressing situation. It's not like you're only playing against Mings, Walker, Trippier and Stones in defense. You've got the whole team where even Sterling and Foden are coming back to ensure defensively they're very sound, right? Like the whole team knows that they've lost out on key defenders and they have to be able to contribute on that end as well. Yeah, and Arjun, I, I'm sure you know England should be. I mean, it's, it looks comfortable right now, but if we all know England, that it takes only a one sort of sort of momentary lapse in concentration to undo everything that they work towards. Like you know, we've seen Croatia come up with chances, especially down that right hand side with Brasalco. You know, he's had a couple of crossing chances. The quality hasn't been enough there. But how wary should England be of that side and? Do you think they'd be able to see it out without making the, you know, usual mistake? You know, I think, you know, we were discussing this earlier and I think uh, we were saying that, uh, I was saying that, oh, England remind me a lot, England, the England defence remind me a lot of the Arsenal defence in which having, you know, having the ball there is almost scary. But, you know, obviously the right side for Croatia is a huge threat uh, with their fullback, who's been playing very well. I think we should be wary because, any of those crosses could connect and we could be in a lot of trouble. I think I think if we probably put on someone like Luke Shaw, who's you know, fairly defensive-minded as well, with that attacking intent, maybe we would be able to close that down. And we could also, you know, have someone like Jack Grealish, who's, who has stamina because they've come on in the second half. They could be the turning factor for us and I think that's important. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I think... I'm pretty sure I can say this for all three of us. I hope the second half is a lot more entertaining. I, I feel like... I think one goal... And I keep saying this. I said this even for the Turkey thing. And it probably... It did work. I think one goal will definitely open up this game. No matter from whom. I think Croatia will definitely... If Croatia get the goal, it will definitely open up. Because England will definitely want to attack a lot more. But if England score... I don't know whether it will be damage limitation from Croatia's side. Or whether they will want to attack back and try and score one. But... Whatever said and done, I think, and we are hoping for a very exciting second half. So I guess that's about it for this halftime review. I know it's pretty short, but we'll see you all in the post-match review, which is the next time you'll hear from us on this audio podcast. All right, I'll catch you all on the post-match review, which will be soon. See you. All right, so welcome now to this post-match review segment. If you're joining us for this on the audio podcast, you probably know what the score is. It is England 1, Croatia 0, and England have a very, very good start to their Euro campaign. It was quite a controlled effort, and... To help me discuss this game in greater detail, we've got Anirudh and Arjun. So, boys, is it coming home? You know, I'd, li- I'd like to say it is, um, you know, obviously a very controlled, a very, very uh, convincing performance from England. Obviously, the scoreline doesn't say it, but uh, I think the chances that England got and chances that England created were uh, good. I think they could have capitalized on a lot of things that they should have, but uh, obviously, uh, nevertheless, they get the three points. I think Croatia, they played well, not to their full ability, but they, they managed to put away most of England's chances. But yeah, I think England, if they continue to play at uh, a high intensity, high tempo like this, and they use, I think the most important thing is that if they utilize the substitutions like they did this game, they will go on, they will go far in the, in the Euros. 
just adding to what Arjun said, I think, uh, yeah, when you look look back at the tournament and you look at the depth uh, that the England squad has, you're like, huh, yeah, they can kind of go with it, go through the tournament. But again, talk, no, no taking anything away from how they played today. They're really aggressive, good press, chances that were created. I think they could do a little better with timing, maybe the runs, a couple of things that they'd probably work on in the drills anyway. But from Croatia's point of view, I think they can do a lot more with what they have. I think they weren't really playing to their fullest. I don't know if they weren't in it mentally or they aren't feeling as they should. But I think they could have done a lot more. After that first goal, we kind of saw a little bit more of Croatia trying to do a little bit. But I still think they have a long way to go to get into like a to the get to like the quarterfinals or the semifinals for that matter. In terms of the group, we're kind of looking at the two possible teams that will make it through, through from this group. I don't think Czech Republic or Scotland... It could be... I, I mean, we could be sitting here in a few weeks' time and saying that either Scotland or Czech Republic have made it through and Croatia probably... I mean, third will still get them through, but probably fourth. But we will leave it at that. I mean, in terms of the way the game panned out, I, for one, was slightly disappointed. I thought there would be a lot more attacking intent from Croatia, from England as well. We saw glimpses of that, but I think, you know, from Croatia, the final third was so much, like, it was lacking by a huge amount. We saw a sort of gap in the quality there between England. England had their chances, not clear-cut, but they still had their chances there. Uh, But for me, I mean, it is the English midfield, especially Callan Phillips and Declan Rice that gets all the plaudits here. Arjun, I don't know if you agree with me on this. I think the way they probably nullified Croatia's midfield from not letting Modric do what he likes to do best in terms of dictate play. Uh, no, I definitely agree. I think Calvin Phillips, our two holding midfielders, so Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice, probably the best players on the pitch, the most influential, I'd say at least. I think uh, our attack could have done a lot better. I think we, I think. Yes, our goal was uh, good, but I think there were a lot better chances in the game. Um, I think, actually, probably the best player on the pitch that game was Calvin Phillips. He defended well. He he actually played quite attackingly, which I quite liked. And he proved me wrong when I said that I don't understand why he wasn't in the team. So, yeah, I think uh, out of England, I, I think uh, the fullbacks could have done a lot better. The uh, I think Harry Kane could have done a lot better. Obviously, Mr. Sitter. But, <laughs> yeah, I forgot uh, but, about that. Uh, yeah, but I think yeah, I think Ryan Sterling did okay towards the second half, and I think I think Ryan, um start focusing more on improving their attack as well as improving their playing out from the back. I think they'll be fine. And Anil, do you think Cal Phillips is your man of the match for today, or do you have someone else in mind? Yeah, Calvin Phillips for sure, as Arjun said, contributed in the in the goal in the making of the goal. He has the assist. Uh, he defended, uh, nullified Modric. And yeah, he did his duty at the back as well in terms of covering and doing all of that. So for me, yeah, definitely Calvin Phillips. And and more more than that, we kind of forget the fact that he is the one who assisted Sterling for that goal because I mean it shows his attacking play as well that he doesn't always sit back. Maybe that that's what probably Declan Rice is going to do, sit back, whereas Calvin Phillips does have that option of roaming around, playing alongside Mason Mount and even, you know, what he did for Sterling's goal, which I thought, I, and Arjun, we talk, we spoke about Sterling. I think moments after we criticised him, he scored. <laughs> I just wanted to know the, that goal, how much does it do for his confidence? Because going into this, we've all put question marks over his position in the squad. 
in the sense that we didn't think that he should be starting. So how much does this goal help? A goal that he almost missed also, by the way. But how much, like, how much does it do for his confidence? You know, I think Irwin Sterling has not have, had the best of season. And obviously, we all, uh, I, you know, I was one of many who questioned uh, why, obviously, he over people like Jaden Sancho, over uh, Jack Grealish, over, for me, at least, being an Arsenal fan, Buka is like a... Um, <laughs> but, like Arjun is you know, like a... <laughs> but I think he's one of the players who proved me wrong. He he played quite well, obviously, missed a few chances, but he did play well and I think his confidence it would be good. I think he I think he'll prove to Southgate that he's uh, played well. Yeah. Awesome. And uh a word on Croatia. I mean, we've obviously seen them struggle a bit today, but is this just kind of getting in getting used to playing in the Euros, you know, the getting used to playing with each other and maybe by the next game or so we'll see a little more confidence in them. Uh, any signs of them not being as bad as they were today? I don't think every team is as strong as England. So we'll see a different side to Croatia when they play a Czech Republic or a Scotland for sure. But I do believe most of the teams will have the same sort of game plan wherein uh, nullify Modric and half of your problems are kind of solved then and there. And all the teams have this sort of a role or someone in this sort of a role. If you go to Scotland, you have McNominay who will probably do the same thing that uh, Calvin Phillips was doing today or Declan Rice was doing today. So yeah, I, I don't, I'm not saying Croatia isn't bad. They're not bad. Mm-hmm. But they do need to do a work on say something in that final third and really need to push the an envelope when it comes to that part of the game. Because, yeah, okay, maybe pe- people are going to cover Modric, but that doesn't stop you from moving the ball around to other players. And that's something that they need to realize. So, yeah. You know, I think Croatia, they, I think they're a good side. And I think they, they deserve a lot of plaudits for. I think they're a very underrated side. Obviously, we didn't get to see that side today. And hopefully... They'll be able to bounce back. I think Modric, as Anuro said, was is a huge, well, it's an idle part to their squad. I think if we see uh, players like Rebic come out, I'm a big fan of Ante, uh, Ante, Ante Rebic, but I think if we see him come out, then uh, we'll see a different Croatia side. Right, and how much has this like got to do with them probably going into England? You, you're playing England in your first game. In one way, you don't want to start off the campaign on a negative foot, so maybe we've seen them probably play slightly cautious against who is probably their biggest rivals in this particular group. Okay, Arjun, I want to ask you this. So, we spoke about this during the reaction and in 2018, England vastly benefited from coming second in the group because they took they got the easier pathway to the semi-finals and what, what could have been the finals. Here, we see that if they do top their group, they will come against come up against the likes of France, Germany and Portugal. In some way, do you think there could be a repeat where they would maybe look at it and say, maybe if we come second, that might be better for the tournament as a whole? I have two answers to this question. As a, as a person who likes to believe in integrity, I think coming first in the group is only, is only right to show, it, to at least try and come first in the group is what's better for, for us. And uh, what's better to show how good we are. But being an England fan and wanting what's best for the team, I would want 
England to have an easier run to go on and actually win the whole thing. So I think it all comes down to obviously Southgate and the management team. But I think personally, personally, I would I would aim to finish top of the group. But I have a feeling that Southgate would think otherwise. I just don't see that working to their favor because anyone you play from that group, whether it's France, Germany, or Portugal. <laughs> it's all kind of playing with fire, right? So I don't really think you should. Uh, no, but uh, I think if they if they were to come second, they play someone from a totally different group. They play someone from Group E, which means they could play either Poland, Slovakia, Spain, or Sweden, which is comparatively. I mean, when you come to those, you're playing teams that have have proven themselves to be good enough to go on to the next stage. But do you think there is any possibility that that is something? they would go for or you think they just ride the wave and see how it goes i think they should just ride the wave and see how it goes honestly speaking because personally i like it wherein uh you know one of the top teams are going to get knocked out in the round of 16 yeah. as a neutral it's an amazing thing because it just makes it easier to kind of make your predictions and if you bet then you bet safely and you kind of know what you're getting into but just a notice for everyone out there if you guys do bet bet safely please yeah, <laughs> yes yes please <laughs> but uh yeah from where i look at it that is see you know you're going to have to face whoever you're trying to avoid at some point it just comes down to that right yeah. <laughs> so if you don't face france today you're going to face them in the final for sure so or in the semi final or at some point so If that's the worry, no, don't look at it that way. And I think they have a good enough squad to compete. It just comes down to that. I think England have a good enough squad, and they shouldn't be. Do uh, you really want to lose to Scotland or draw with Czech Republic? That's yeah. the other question. I mean, I'd rather have seen. To, I, I mean, if I was out there, I'd rather seen me lose points to Croatia than to Czech Republic and Scotland because that is much more. That would create much more of a hassle, especially given how the British media are. Uh, I don't think losing to Scotland or drawing to Scotland would do them any favors, and Czech Republic would probably be make them somewhat of a laughing. They they have lost to Czech Republic in the qualifiers before, so it's it won't be new. But I don't think really see that doing them any favors. Um, but yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting to see how it goes, how this pans out for England and Croatia. Uh, like I mentioned, I think these two are the favorites right now. They do have enough in the squad. enough quality in the squad to take them past the group stage but only time will tell so i guess that's about it for this particular watch along slash re- watch along reaction slash review episode so thank you anirudh and arjun for being a part of this episode it was a pleasure having you on here i hope you had a lot of fun i hope it w- i know it was something different both of you haven't been on this podcast doing something like this before but i hope you had a good time and i can't wait to host you in our usual episodes or if we do something like this again in something like this. So, thank you once again. All right, thank you. Thanks, Brady. Awesome. All right, and to those of you who've been listening to this particular episode on the podcast, that's it for episode number 2 of this Euro series. We've done a pre-match build-up, we've done a half-time review and we've done a full-time review on the podcast and we've done a reaction on YouTube. So, I hope you've covered all of that and I hope you had a good time listening and wa- watching us react to the game. and if you do have different thoughts to what you heard today or if you want to be a part of the podcast as well please do check out 
you can reach out to me you can check us out on instagram and twitter and also reach out to me on those platforms and you can check out our previous episodes our usual episodes on several different podcast platforms like spotify apple podcast google podcast you name it we're probably there so i guess i'll catch you all i suppose after the next game which will be spain versus sweden until then you stay safe and i'll catch you all later see you